Welcome back to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. On this program, a topic that is very important to me, which is food waste. The United States wastes a staggering amount of good, edible food, most of which ends up in landfills, where it is transformed into a huge environmental problem as it decays and fills the air with noxious methane gas. This is food that was grown on a farm that used nutrients in the soil and large amounts of a very precious resource, namely water. This is wholesome food that ends up in the trash while many people in our country go hungry. This senseless waste of food is something that should concern us all. It is a problem that a group of volunteers in Austin, Texas, addresses through their organization called Keep Austin Fed. I'm here with Russell Cavan, who is a director of special events for Keep Austin Fed. First of all, I'd like to welcome you to Mothering Earth and uh, ask you to introduce yourself, tell us what you do at Keep Austin Fed. I am the director of special events with Keep Austin Fed, and I pretty much help bring the volunteers together and work on uh, fundraisers and events and things to just spread awareness and knowledge about what we're doing here in the Austin community. Tell me about the mission of Keep Austin Fed. Sure. So our mission is to share healthy nutrition with our hungry neighbors by keeping surplus food out of the waste stream. I know that this relates, of course, to a lot of food waste and also to the issue of food insecurity. So um, can you talk about that? What, what is that and who does it affect? Food insecurity is essentially the idea that not everybody knows where their next meal is going to come from and where their next nutritious meal is going to come from. So a lot of times when we think about hunger, we think strictly about homelessness. Now, the sad fact is that food insecurity actually hits home to a lot of people that are not specifically homeless. So we work to help feed those people in need. And the, the stats, you know, and they're kind of ever changing, but the staple of what we've seen is about one in six, one in seven Americans is food insecure. Uh, the stats for Travis County is actually about one in five. And the staggering stack behind that, fact behind that is that about 25% of those are children. So food insecurity affects, you know, people of all ages, all socio, or not, not really socioeconomic levels, but uh, all, you know, all, uh, levels in general, different different groups of people. So yes. you have children, seniors, yeah. veterans, uh, different ethnic groups. Definitely. Uh, definitely people who are lower income. Exactly. And that's really our biggest target market that we're trying to help serve, our homeless and low income populations of Austin. How long has Keep Austin Fed been around? And do you know how it got started? What yeah, definitely. So Keep Austin Fed started in about 2004. Um, there were two guys, Randy Rosens and Ira Kaplan. They were the original founders, and they're both awesome. They're just amazing guys. And more than anything, they're really grassroots guys. So they weren't looking to start a you know big nonprofit or do anything like that. They saw an issue, and they wanted to address it and help fix it. So a lot of the you know early times in the beginning, it started with bread runs. So it was, you know, bakeries would have you know, excess bread here and there, and they would make sure that they went and picked it up and got it to people in need. They knew uh, one of the first things was actually a catered wedding that Randy had a friend that was 
you know, having this wedding, I don't know if it was a wedding planner or who it was, but somebody and they had all this steak and filet mignon and like amazing, you know, mashed potatoes and just all this amazing food. And they called and said, Hey, uh, we're stuck with all this extra food. Do you know anybody that might need this or could use it? And he was like, well, yeah. Uh, Randy had been involved with another organization called Keep Austin Mobile before Keep Austin Fed. And that program is actually still run by hand here in town. And it started out by him having an elderly neighbor that needed a ride to get her medication. And so now that program works to get people out driving around wherever they need to go. So once hand kind of took over that, this was his next, uh, you know, next stop in what he started doing. And it really just happened organically from people calling and being like, Hey, I know that you worked with this before, you know, do you know anybody that might be able to take this food? And he found somebody that needed it and they were going to eat it that day. So, you know, we really kind of fit that niche and from there it just kind of grew and he started getting more friends involved. Um, up until a couple of years ago, it was still, you know, fairly small, fairly grassroots. Uh, just a couple of years ago, we got our 501c3 status and really started growing it out and building it to the level that we're at now. Um, but that's kind of, you know, it was very, very humble beginnings. And really our, our idea from the beginning is it's all about the mission. And it's just all about what we do to keep this food out of the waste stream and make sure that it goes into the bellies of people that need it in our community. So how did you uh, hear about Keep Austin Fed and how did you get involved? Yeah, so it's actually kind of a, kind of a funny story. I was actually looking to do the exact same thing on my own. Uh, I had a few partners that I was working with. We were calling it the Nourishment Project. And it really started for us because we were at Whole Foods one day and we saw that they had all these sandwiches out in the, in the ready-made section. And I asked them, I was like, hey, what do you guys do with these at the end of the day? And they just the girl behind the counter just kind of laughed and she was like, end of the day, she's like, we throw these out every couple hours. She's like, there's only so much that we can do. You know, we can't keep them here the whole time. And, you know, it's just this little section. So we started really thinking about it and that was when I really started looking into, uh, you know, just the whole food rescue world and kind of what was going on and really the food waste world and the staggering numbers that were there. And it was just absolutely incredible. So a few friends and I kind of started, but we went the opposite route of Randy and Ira. We were more of like, okay, we've got to be organized. We've got to start a nonprofit. So one of our guys that was involved was an attorney. He was working on our 501c3. We're kind of going that whole route, getting the thing started and we started kind of running into a few obstacles, but nothing we couldn't overcome. But then some of the guys uh, got kind of pulled away a little bit because of jobs and you know life happened and sure. things kind of came up. So I was always looking for something like Key Boston Fed, but hadn't really found it because they didn't have, you know at that time they were still very small, didn't have that big of a presence. Even though they were doing a lot of big things in the community, the awareness of them wasn't really out there. So I actually found them one day when they had a Facebook group with like, I think it had like 20 likes or something like that. They had just created the Facebook group. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, this is what I'm looking for is this is it. And so I called, uh, or actually I didn't call, I sent an email to them and got in touch with uh, Susan Nockenst, who is our executive director, and uh, Joseph DeLeon, who is no longer with the organization, but awesome, awesome guy, did a ton for Keep Austin Fed while he was with us. Um, and I set up a meeting with them and I was like, hey, so I love what you're doing. I want to do this. I was trying to do this. How do I help or how do we work? And, you know, it kind of took a little little while. And then about a, after a couple of weeks, I was like, all right, I'm on board. Put me in coach, you know, like whatever you need, I'm here. And it's just kind of taken off from there. So really that was kind of where the whole, whole beginnings came from. And now, you know, we're much more aware of, of where we're at with everything. 
You're listening to Mothering Earth, and I'm here with Russell Cavan at Keep Austin Fed. And we were talking about, uh, you know, your personal story about how you got interested in this topic of food waste. Um, can we talk some about food waste? What are some of the statistics about uh, how much food is, um, how much good food is just thrown away? You know, the, these numbers, again, some people will refute them a little bit, that there's they're not exact and they're kind of off a little bit, but the, you know, the common number that's used is that 40% of our food never makes it into someone's mouth. So the issue is where does that food come from? What different sources is that food coming from? And where is that food waste really happening? So there's a lot that happens that we never even see. A lot that happens at the farm level, you know, on, on that end. So a lot of food that's wasted and cold from the very beginning. Right. Now, there are a lot of really great people out there doing some awesome work. Um, our friend Jordan Figueredo is running the Ugly Fruit and Veg campaign. And with that, he's trying to push the idea that just because an apple doesn't look perfect or a banana doesn't look exactly, have the right curvature, doesn't mean that it's bad. And he's really doing a, an amazing job nationally and globally of pushing that idea that ugly fruit is not bad fruit. And you know, a lot of our food actually never even makes it to the store, never even makes it anywhere else strictly because of that. Because it doesn't look perfect. Or exactly. Look because there's some yeah. sort of flaw or imperfection mm -hmm. in it, and they never even let it get that far. Now, obviously, you know, personally, we can all relate to that feeling of going to your refrigerator and cleaning it out. And, you know, you literally feel like you're just throwing money down the drain, right? Like you just feel like you're just throwing it away. So we have those two kind of big parts, but then there's also a lot in between. Um, you know, a lot of food just gets wasted at the restaurant and grocery level. Now you hear a lot of talk recently about expiration labels and dates and things like that. And there's a lot of, you know, kind of movement going on with that. It's a much bigger issue because obviously on one end, people are worried about people getting sick. On the other end, they have a business to run and they have food to sell. So if the distributor or original supplier is selling to the grocery store, they're buying X amount that they need to make their customers happy. Right. And then they have to throw it out before it expires. And on that same note, that customer takes it home and has to throw it out or throws it out when it expires. So it just kind of perpetuates the cycle of more food going through. But, you know, really, if we look at it from a, like, kind of take a step back, if we could stop some of that waste and kind of hone in on that a little bit more, then prices should, in, you know, in effect come down, right? Mm -hmm. Because now there's less waste, right. less of that to factor into the overall cost. So it could save money for everybody, but it's also this whole kind of idea that particularly us as Americans, I think have a hard time with is that if we go to the grocery store and what we want isn't there, we may never go back to that grocery store. We have options. You know, mm -hmm. I, ha I can go to Trader Joe's. I can go to Whole Foods. I can go right. to HEB. Right. And if you don't have one thing that I want, I may never come back. So grocery stores kind of have this obligation to oversupply what's right. there to make sure that doesn't happen. But what really should be happening, in my opinion, is kind of a shift of perspective to where we as consumers don't take that route of never going there because they don't have everything that we want and being okay with not having exactly what we want and being able to substitute right. it for something else. Right. Um, but, right. you know, we, a lot of, so the food that we pick up is all from commercial kitchens or grocery stores for the most part. So we're rescuing, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds of food and thousands and thousands of meals on a monthly basis 
that would otherwise go in the trash. Right. So there's this whole, you know, this food waste, it's coming from all different angles. That's why it's not such a simple solution on how to fix it. But we think that we're at least taking steps in the right direction to drastically reduce that waste and make sure that the people that are, you know, those one in five in our community are getting that food that they need. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm here with Russell Cavan of Keep Austin Fed, and it's time for a break. Listening to Mothering Earth, and I'm here with Russell Cavan of Keep Austin Fed. Now, I saw a figure, which I don't remember, on your website about how much food has been uh, rescued. I don't know what what the term is. That's right. (laughs) Um, Like in a year or in a month. Can you give us some of those numbers? Yeah, yeah. So, on average, we rescue about 500,000 pounds a year. Um, This year, we're actually on track, we're doing a little under 50,000 pounds a month. So as we've gained awareness and as we have more volunteers working and more things going, you know, we're kind of building that up a little bit. So we've got just under 50,000 a month. So we should be in the 600,000 range uh, this year if we kind of stay on track. And it's a ton of food. I mean, and that, you know, that uh, so far this year we've rescued 500,000 pounds and that's equivalent to about 415,000 meals. So it's really just a ton of food that's going out there that's getting, you know, into the people people's mouths that actually need it and for us you know we kind of have a mantra that it's best food first so we want to make sure that we're working to give them good quality food yeah and and that's actually one of my questions is how do you um verify that it's wholesome or you know what's so there's some standards some yeah definitely so basically whenever we're taking the food first off all of our volunteers are required to hold a food handler certificate so, you know, anybody that's ever worked in a bar or restaurant or anything like that, they've had to have the same exact thing. Every single one of our volunteers has one. So at least their knowledge and their level of understanding of food safety is at the right level. Um, our people do work with our, our safety coordinator does work with our donors to make sure that they're aware of the food that we can take and what's going and how it all works. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really checked by the donor. To an extent, you know, of course, things can slip through, but then it's also checked by our volunteers that are going to go through and sort out. Like uh, we do a, a run from Trader Joe's, pick up thousands of pounds of food from Trader Joe's. Sometimes you may get, you know, a rotten piece of fruit or right. something that's not quite edible. So we just get rid of it at that point, Right. you know, whenever they're going to pick it up. So it helps with that process. And then the way that we work is we actually deliver to other nonprofits. So we don't go and deliver to individuals. We're not doing that whole process. We're actually taking it to other nonprofits that are then gonna use that food to feed their people that they support. So within that, it kind of goes through a third check because now those people that are distributing it out are checking it as well. So you know we've never never had any issues with anybody getting sick or you know, anything like that at all. There's actually never been one case in 
the history of somebody being sued or anything for uh, rescued food. So not to say that it hasn't happened, but we do our best to take as many precautions and as many measures as we can to make sure that that food is handled safely and in a, in a right place. We've been talking about what the organization does, how it saves a lot of food from uh, going into the landfill. And um, let's talk about some of the problems that occur when that food does go to the landfill. What, what happens there? So it's, it's not just a matter of getting this food uh, you know, from places where it was going to be thrown out to people who can actually eat it, but also that it doesn't end up in the waste stream. Definitely. And that's actually a really good question because we kind of, we, we had a board meeting not long ago and we were all sitting there talking and someone brought up the question of why do we all do this? What is our purpose? And one person raised their hand. They're like, well, why are we even talking about this? This is an easy question. We do it to feed people. And a good percentage of the people actually raised their hand and myself included and said, actually, that's a big reason why I do it, but it's not my number one cause. My biggest thing is the environmental impact because when this organic material goes into the landfill, all it does is gets sits there, piles up, piles up, you know, uh, eventually decays, breaks down, and all that's doing is just releasing harmful emissions into you know, into our environment. So that for me is the bigger issue: the fact that we can kind of you know knock out two things at once by feeding people that need it. It's literally just giving us our next easiest solution. So, or, you know, fixing another problem very easily. Now, whenever we talk about food waste, one thing that you'll hear a lot is the hierarchy of food distribution. So what we say is you've got people first and then animals and then compost. So, you know, Austin has a goal of zero waste, which we're working towards. And, you know, we are very much involved in that. And we know that we're going to be a big part of that moving forward, making sure that you know, we find a way to help these grocery stores and restaurants reach that goal. But really at the end of the day, the big thing is reducing that environmental impact and just stopping these literally millions of pounds of food that are going into the landfill. Uh, food is next to paper. And I'm not sure if these stats have changed, but the last time that I checked, food was number two to paper and barely number two as far as the most uh, thrown away item out there. So when you think about that, when you think about how much paper is thrown away and wasted on a daily basis, it's just, it's mind blowing. And the fact that, you know, there's so much good food out there that doesn't ever need to be thrown away. And really, I mean, there's no reason for us to throw any food away. Right. If we kind of keep that hierarchy in mind and feed people with the best stuff that we can from there, feed it to the animals, and at worst case, compost it. It seems like one of the problems, uh, which I guess maybe isn't something that this organization deals with, but there's a lot of food that is wasted on people's plates mm -hmm. in restaurants. Um, are there any solutions that you have thought of or come up with for those kinds of issues where, you know, it's not a matter of you can take that food and give it to someone else? Definitely. So for us, that doesn't work into kind of what we do. Um, but there definitely are solutions. And again, if we kind of keep that hierarchy in mind, there's always a way to get rid of it without it going in the waste stream. Or the waste stream should be the absolute last resort if there's nothing, if you you know don't have access to compost or anything like that. So how many people are involved in this organization? So overall, we have about 400 volunteers. Um, 
that's that's not indicative of our active volunteers. We have about 70 active volunteers that are out there every single month doing food runs. Um, you know, some people will do one a month. Some are out there doing 10 to 12 a month. So it really just uh, just depends on their availability and their time and how dedicated they are to the cause. Right. Um, but most, you know, on average, we're, we kind of fluctuate between 60 and 70 active volunteers. And so if somebody goes and picks up something at Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. what happens? So we have two different ways that we handle our food runs. The one is the, the, our kind of main way is with a scheduled food run. So let's say every Saturday and Sunday, we know that we're going to be picking up from Trader Joe's and that donation is going to go to five different organizations. So we're going to have five volunteers that go on Saturday morning and on Sunday morning to pick up from Trader Joe's and they each have a destination of where they know that they're going. Now we vet our recipients the same way that we vet our donors. We make sure that their kitchens are up to, up to, you know, up to grade with everything that we're looking at. And we also make sure that we get an idea of how much space they have because we want to know how much dry storage they have, how much refrigerator space, how much freezer space to make sure that we don't go and take a load over to them. It's way more than they can handle. And then it ends up getting wasted and it's kind of putting us in the same spot. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so are these most, the places where they're going, are they mainly food banks or um, like actually that? no. So most of the places that we deliver to there's, um, I think I have the numbers right here. Yeah, we have about 35, on average, about 35 different recipients that we work with across the city. And they're everything from foundation communities, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with those, but um, it's basically a transition from homelessness for people. Um, So you have to qualify to be a part of the program, but there's apartment buildings essentially all over the city. And we work with pretty much all of the foundation communities and they offer them, it's a subsidized rent um, that they're able to get while they're transitioning from homelessness to kind of getting back on their feet and being on their own. Um, We work with some uh, like rehab centers like Outcry in the Barrio and Austin Restoration Ministries, which work with, uh, you know, different people of all all levels, but oftentimes uh, battling drug or alcohol addiction. And they will actually have people that are living at their facilities. So we, you know, they, and some of those places do offer food pantries. Um, You know, there's just a bunch of different recipients that we work with all over the city that are kind of servicing those people. And some of them do offer, you know, more of a food pantry style and some of them are actually feeding their people, you know, that day with the food that we take over. So there, but there are mainly uh, places that are cooking meals and providing. So, so they're not selling the food or the fruit or whatever. No, no, it's not, it's not turned around and resold. It's basically just getting, you know, donated out to their people directly. Yeah. So, you know, we all, we work with uh, places like hand and safe place and, you know, some of these other organizations that work with, you know, people of all, all different backgrounds and going through different, different things in their life. Um, and it's oftentimes just kind of helping them get back on their feet. If someone wanted to become a volunteer at Keep Austin Fed, what would they do? Yeah, so it's really easy. We try to make it as easy as we can. Uh, so all they would have to do is just go to keepaustinfed.org and right on our website, you can sign up as a volunteer. So first step is just signing up. After that, they'll kind of be prompted through the short onboarding process. Uh, So we do scheduled new volunteer um, orientations and runs at Trader Joe's on Saturday and Sunday morning. So all they have to do is just sign up for one of those. They come out, they get to actually see how the entire process works, how we weigh the food to make sure that we know what we're getting, how we sort the food. 
actually get to go with one of our volunteers and shadow them to run it out to a location. Um, after that, the only thing they have to prove that they have their up-to-date food handler certificate. And once they're done with that short orientation and shadow food run, they're pretty much good to go. And they can start going out and picking up their own, their own food runs. I know I mentioned earlier that we have two ways that we do it. So we have our scheduled runs, and then we also have our SWAT team, which is essentially just an on-the-fly service. So let's say Taco Deli calls, and they say, hey, we have 60 tacos that are going to get trashed by 3 o'clock unless you can have somebody come pick them up. Message goes out to our SWAT team, and our SWAT team comes in. Somebody says, hey, yep, I'm over in the area. I can go grab them, find a recipient for me, or find a, find a yeah, recipient for me, and they go pick them up and drop them off, and that's it. Right now, really, the thing that we need more than anything is we need more volunteers. So there's we have a list of people that have been vetted that are just kind of waiting for donors, but we don't want to bring them on until we know that we have the volunteer support there to make sure that those runs are covered. Um, so really more than anything right now, we need more, more volunteers because there's so many people out there, especially with zero waste coming up that are going to, you know, oh. require that service from us. Otherwise they're going to start paying fines for it. Um, you know, oh. for the excess food that they throw away. Right. So we're, you know, really just trying to ramp up our volunteer network right now. We try to keep yeah. it simple right. and keep it as easy as possible that basically, you know, we're here yeah. as logistics, you know, we pick up food from one place and drop it off in another. Um, you know, and the, the thing about us is, is we're a very nimble group. So very fluid and quick to act. And, you know, we do kind of fill a need that isn't necessarily there with some other organizations that do amazing work in the city, but they can't necessarily do exactly what we do and we can't do what they do. Right. Uh, so it's really just an awesome organization. Think about what you and your family can do to address what really is a shameful problem, the waste of good food while others go hungry, and the huge environmental costs. There's a lot of information online. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth. <laughs>